now listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer and Jalen McQueen. What's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. I know, I know, we've been gone for a little bit. Last episode was probably like, what, two weeks? Two weeks ago? Yeah, I know. And it's, it's totally my fault because I've been getting ready for all these fantasy drafts. Uh, I've done at least, what, maybe five, six drafts in the last two weeks. Um, I've done a couple online. I've done two slow drafts on Sleeper. I've done three, four, actually, live drafts. Um, the commissioner, two of them. I've I just been, I've been swamped with doing fantasy drafts, and it's been a little tight trying to get back and do the podcast too but don't worry i'm back ace will be back he's getting his stuff done he's been in a couple of my drafts too so we just been kind of hogtied with getting fantasy stuff done doing our drafts getting ready for the uh, regular season which is literally around the corner it's this week i know you guys are excited for some real football this week uh, no more preseason stuff no more watching practice players we are about to get the real deal and i can't wait because i've been waiting for football for far too long it's like i'm looking like tyrone biggums from the dave Chappelle show if any of you guys remember that but in this episode we're going to get into the qb rankings uh one through ten unfortunately we probably won't be able to do another episode for the qb rankings like we did for the other ones like uh we did running backs one through ten and then 11 through 20 we started late so Sorry, guys, but you'll be able to check out our rankings on 11 through 20 on our well, we're working. It's a work in progress. Uh, We're going to get our website up and running shortly. I'll say shortly. But if you've checked on my Twitter timeline, you've seen some articles. If you're following me, you've seen a couple articles pop up. Uh, If you're on our Facebook page. They are there as well, so you can check out our article, um, my articles, and see how those are going. And you'll be able to see our rankings, or at least my rankings, um, on the website as well, or the articles on posted. So before we get even deeper into this episode, you guys know what I got to do next. Make sure you follow us on all social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy's Finest. Make sure you go like our Facebook page that I mentioned earlier, and the group uh, on. Uh, Facebook at Fantasy's Finest. You can also subscribe. You should also subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't done so already and you're listening, shame on you. No, just playing around. But make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We are on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, and a whole bunch of others. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can also follow me on Twitter at I am Hyperion underscore FPH. And you can follow Jalen, my co-host, on at ace underscore two game time two one five and i was chopping up his twitter name i hope you don't get mad at me <laughs> all right so we got another question from our email from about business you know we did our we got a question from our facebook page last time one of our members from our facebook page and that's this time we've gotten an email and his question his fancy question is Who's the biggest non-holdout bust this year in fantasy football? Now, for me, 
it's Le'Veon Bell. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what, what, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to be great. He's he's just too talented. He's going to do this and do that. Yeah, that's great and all, but you have to remember that when a player transitions to a new team, everything may not be the same as it is. And when I say bust, I don't mean that he's just going to outright suck. I mean, you're not going to get the return on value that you drafted him. Uh, earlier uh, this offseason, he was being drafted around uh, 107. That's like the, the mid-range part of the first round. I don't think that you're going to get that top-level performance from Le'Veon Bell like you did when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, the When you look at the Jets' offense as a whole, from top to bottom, everything is a downgrade. You have... Sam Darnold. Now, I'm going to say this first. I do like Sam Darnold. He's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite uh, sleepers this year. I think he's going to make the jump to go to the next level. But you have to be honest. When you compare him to what Le'Veon Bell had in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, there's definitely a stark difference. And yeah, I know he's new, but there's still that difference of performance between Sam Darnold and Ben Roethlisberger. The offensive line for the Jets has isn't good. It was ranked 27th by the huddle uh, heading into the 2019 season. The wide receivers pale in comparison to what they had in Pittsburgh with Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown before he left. Um, Robbie Anderson is good, but he's not Antonio Brown. Um, Jamison Crowder, he's... He's okay, but he certainly ain't Juju, and neither is Quincy Inouye. Um, the running backs before Le'Veon Bell got there weren't good at all. Uh, it's just, it's just too many factors, and then not to mention that Adam Gase, his goofy behind, you, you never, he's just so hard to trust. You saw what he did in Miami. That's what's got me a little skeptical too. He also made comments this off season about. You know, monitoring Bell's usage so they don't run him into the ground. Uh, Ty Montgomery uh, is also looking like the uh, backup for the backup to Le'Veon Bell, so he might start eating into uh, Bell's touches uh, on a per game basis because Ty Montgomery can do, you know, he can catch out of the backfield, he can run between the tackles. He did it in Green Bay. Granted, he got banged up a lot, but he can still do those things that Le'Veon Bell does. They also have Bilal Powell there who can catch out of the backfield as well. And, you know, Adam Gase has a tendency to, you know, not do what everyone is expecting him to do. So while Le'Veon Bell is the he has the talent, I just I'm not comfortable with him this year. I just have a bad feeling Gase is just going to do something goofy and then you'll end up with not you're not going to get the return on production uh, that you would get if Bell was still in Pittsburgh. So now to be done our question, let's get into our news and headlines uh, segment for around the NFL. This is breaking news. Okay, first up, the Chargers have notified Melvin Gordon that contract negotiations will not be carried on during the season. They've also given him permission to seek a trade partner if he can find one 
because you know the season does start mm, Thursday, so he'll have to find somebody to trade a part uh, to find someone to trade for him from the Chargers. Barring any last-minute trade, Gordon can return to the Chargers and play out his final deal, his final deal of his contract. He is slated to make five point six million dollars this year under the last year of his deal. If I'm Melvin Gordon and y'all don't want to pay me, I'm going to just take the money, I'm going to play, and I'm going to be out. There's uh, Holding out, if he knows that he's not going to get paid by the Chargers, I don't see why holding out to get a deal now would do anything for you. I'm not, well, I'm not rich, so I can't speak from his perspective, but... I'm not in the business of giving money away. And that's what it seems like to me that he's doing with the Chargers. If they don't want to pay you, fine. Go into, get your money now. You're on the last year of your deal. Knock it out. Get through the season. Hit free agency. And hopefully you get paid there. With the contracts that will be coming down from Ezekiel Elliott, the market will be reset. Maybe you can get a little higher than what the, than the $10 million that the Chargers were going to give you. But at least you'll have more of an opportunity to get something on the open market. There will be teams that will be getting money, uh, whether it's through the bump uh, from the next year or they get cuts or something. But I don't know. I just if I'm Melvin Gordon, I just don't. I'm like, I'll I'll take your money and then I'll be gone after this season. Moving on, the Bears tight end Trey Burton didn't practice Sunday. Uh, The Chicago Tribune's Brad Biggs states that it is less likely that he is able to suit up for week one. Uh, the Chicago Bears take on the Packers on Thursday. Uh, he's still recovering from the sports hernia surgery that he had this offseason. It seems like he's still working back from that. Hopefully, he'll be able to practice and be able to play for week one. Mitch Trubisky is going to need all hands on deck to take on Rodgers and the Packers. Next up, Cam Newton practiced Sunday. This is good news because during a preseason game with the Patriots, he got his ankle rolled and it was presumed to be uh, pretty bad because he was in a walking, he was spotted in a walking boot uh, leaving the arena after the game. So this is more of a, it's a breath of fresh air, so to speak, because Everybody can breathe now because Cam was able to practice on that ankle. Hopefully, he continues to practice heading up to Sunday, and he should be fine for the Rams, which looks like it could be a, a bit of a shootout because you know how many, how the Rams do. They can put up points on anybody at any given time, so they need Cam to take on the Rams for week one. Uh, over the weekend, LaShawn McCoy was cut by the Bills, and then he signed to the Chiefs. On Saturday, LaShawn McCoy was cut by the Buffalo Bills and entered waivers. He was linked to several teams uh, in the course of him floating around in waivers for the brief time that he was there. Uh, the Eagles, the Chargers, the Bucks, and even the Cowboys were mentioned as teams that he was linked with. The They, <laughs> they just throw stuff to the wall and see if it sticks sometimes. Like the Cowboys, really? Like that? No. That doesn't even make sense. And it's, I'm not speaking from a homer's perspective because you know the cowboys is my squad but they don't need LaShawn mccoy right now you can't that's just a whole another conversation for another time but 
He ultimately landed with the Kansas City Chiefs. He reunites with Andy Reid. Shady signed a one-year deal worth $4 million with a $3 million guarantee. Damien owners panicked like crazy on Twitter. I can't really blame them, but it looks like it could look like LaShawn McCoy is going to be the new guy. I don't know. We don't know what the full extent of how Andy Reid is going to use LaShawn McCoy yet. So before everybody just jumps off a bridge, let's just wait a second and see what happens. We don't know if Damian Williams is just going to get chopped off at the neck. Let's just calm down and wait and see what happens. You can't trade him. You can't trade Damian Williams anyway because you're not going to get anything in return because with the news, you're he's going to be dirt cheap. Nobody's going to take him. Nobody's going to give you good players for Damian Williams now. Hold on to him. Wait to see what happens. Maybe they do an even split or they do some kind of split where Damian Williams may be a flex option. It kind of sucks because you probably had to draft him in the second round, but just don't chuck him yet. In other news, Carlos Hyde was traded from the Chiefs to the Houston Texans. All these running backs are getting shuffled around now. Uh, It was widely speculated that he wasn't going to make the team after Damian Williams returned from his hamstring injury. And then Darrell Thompson started coming up, making noise. So it started to put a little heat on uh, Carlos Hyde to the point where uh, many uh, reporters and writers for the team, the Kansas City Chiefs, speculated that he was going to be cut. Now, uh, the Chiefs traded Carlos Hyde to the Houston Texans for guard Martinez Rankin. Carlos Hyde is now a Houston Texan. We don't know what the extent of his fantasy value would be. Um, right now, he's probably about a, a running back four or five. I would pick him up. Um, I've I've picked him up in a few leagues that I could grab him in. The only problem is this kind of hurts Duke Johnson, who I was really hoping was going to get down and be that uh, every down back, but it doesn't look like it's in the in the writing for Duke Johnson to have that kind of role. So, uh, if anything, Duke Johnson will, uh, will be a you know change of pace, maybe a third down back, but we already know that. The Houston Texans don't really throw to running backs. Maybe that could have changed because they actually have a running back to throw to in Duke Johnson. But right now, just do like Samuel Jackson said in Jurassic Park and hold on to your butts. Next up, Demarius Thomas was released by the New England Patriots. Um, I was kind of shocked by this because I caught a little bit of that preseason game. And I think he had like 80 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I didn't write that down, but I should have. But could you imagine Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, and Julian Edelman? That wide receiver core would be crazy. So, man, I I did not see that. I thought that they were going to keep him. But he's a free agent right now, so maybe he comes back. Maybe he hits another team and he's fantasy relevant again. But we'll have to wait and see. Jarek McKinnon. Looks like he's heading to the 49ers IR list. Uh, He suffered another setback with his knee. The team is calling it another flare-up. So if he does indeed hit uh, injury reserve, Tevin Coleman and Matt Brader will look to form the tandem to go with 
for the 49ers. In other news, I know everybody's going to be excited about this. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been named the starter for the Miami Dolphins. Don't everybody clap at once. <laughs> I like Fitz magic though, man. You, you just know that he's going to be chucking the ball all over the place. It's He kind of makes the Dolphins a little bit more fantasy relevant. You know they're not going to be putting up a whole bunch of points. Um, they're not going to be taking taking leads. You know, the Dolphins kind of, they kind of suck. So, but you know Fitzpatrick is going to throw the ball, which could lead to a lot of garbage time points. Maybe, you know, a couple touchdowns here and there for Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson. So, if anything... Those might be names to pick up later on in the draft. If you're scrambling for a wide receiver, they might be able to help you out. Also, staying in Miami, Kenny Stills was traded to the Houston Texans. <laughs> Everybody getting moved. Uh, Stills was sent in what was one of the highlight trades of the weekend. He was sent to Houston along with left tackle Jerry. Le- hmm, I'm about to butcher this guy name. Lemery. Tunsil, I'm sorry for killing your name, but he was also sent to the Texans for two first rounds and a second rounder and other players. Stills will likely provide depth for the wide receiver position because we all know while I love Will Filler, he can't stay healthy. And Kiki QT is currently dealing with injuries right now. So Kenny Stills will hopefully be able to provide a, a boost in his own fantasy value with uh, being paired with one of the higher passing teams in the NFL. Maybe if an injury happens to Fuller or Kiki QT, Stills will get on the field and he'll be able to uh, benefit from their absence. Until then, until then uh, just keep them on your radar. But that'll wrap it up for our news segment. Let's get into the good stuff. The QB rankings 1 through 10. Alrighty, now we get into the good stuff. The QB rankings, my QB rankings for the 2019 season, 1 through 10. Let me start off by saying that I was just as shocked as you when Andrew Luck retired. I mean, I'll start by saying that I actually had Andrew Luck as my number one QB heading into this season. I was Doubly shocked when he retired during my draft. I was looking at the draft board and I was like, man, I'm looking at all the QBs that have been taken and I'm looking at the draft board and I'm like, I already had a QB to make it to make it even better. though." I was like, man, I'm going to nobody's taking Andrew Luck yet. He's still on the board. I can't believe it. And then it was coming up to my turn and I'm like, all right, bet. Andrew Luck is still on the board. I already got a QB. I can have him and uh, and have like a double. I can't remember who I had in my for my QB, but it was like I had I couldn't pass up on Andrew Luck. And then one of my one of the guys that I was in um, drafting with, he looked on. He's watching um the what was it? The is a college game, Florida versus Miami, and he goes, "Yo, Andrew Luck retired," and I'm like. Come on, man. Andrew Luck didn't retire. Where, where is this coming from? Like, this is out of nowhere. 
And he's like, yo, it came across the bar on ESPN. Andrew Luck retired. Adam Schefter said he's retired. He's reporting it. I'm like, nah, you lying. So I go and pull up my phone. I go to Twitter because that seems like the fastest way to find out anything these days. And like, I'm scrolling up and like, everybody's freaking out. Like, yo, Andrew Luck is retired. He's done. And I'm, I'm sitting there staring at my phone, dumbfounded. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> where did, where is this coming from? But he, and then, you know, when the press conference was about to start and you could see the, the pain look on his face that, you know, he was just, he was done. Like the fun being injured for so many times and, and, um, it was just, you could just see it in his face that he was upset that he had to come out and actually say that he was retiring. I, I felt bad for him. Like, I, it, if it was me and I had to do something like that, I could I could imagine being that upset about giving up something that you love that much uh, to because you've been injured almost every year that you've played in the NFL. I kind of felt bad for him. And, you know, then you heard the reports that, you know, the fans were booing him, which was dumb. You don't boo a guy who's done that much for your franchise when you know that y'all would suck without him. Like, I, I didn't understand that at all. If you want to blame somebody, the the dude Grigson, who was the former GM before Chris Ballard got in there, he's the one that needs to be blamed. He's the reason why Andrew Luck was always on his back because he never got any help. But without Andrew Luck being fantasy relevant because he retired... I had to kind of tweak my rankings. So basically I had to remove Andrew Luck and I kind of slid everybody up and I added, I added someone in the back of my rankings who I had just outside. So you'll see, um, towards the end of the list, you'll probably get an idea who it is, but to start my number one quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know this well has been tapped a few times over the years, but Aaron Rodgers is just a phenomenal guy. His, you know, his talent level speaks for itself. His achievements and fantasy has speak for us, speak for themselves as well. Uh, you know, 597 attempts last season was ranked fifth, even in a bad season. He had 25 touchdowns, but he only had, he only had maybe a handful of interceptions, and he still managed to finish sixth in uh, among fantasy QBs. That's by Aaron Rodgers standards, he's probably saying, you know, I kind of sucked last year, but still to be able to finish just outside the top five among QBs is still great. Because he finished outside the the top five, I think people are sleeping on him just a tad. I think he's in for a good bounce back year. Uh, he has a new head coach uh, who's trying to infuse some new ideas into the offense, you know, like actually using the running backs and tight ends more. He has second-year receivers now, uh, Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are looking to take the reins and, you know, make the next jump in their progression as well. They got a full offseason with Rodgers to kind of gel and work on things that they weren't, be, they weren't able to work on last year. So... I think that Aaron Rodgers is in a good spot. He has a, a tough week one going up against Chicago, but that's a division game. So, you know, that's those games are always going to be pretty hard. And you can't forget about Devontae Adams. And he's even said that he wants to target Devontae Adams even more. So 
Aaron Rodgers, he's going to put the NFL on its head this year. He's just too good. You know, everybody's swooning over Patrick Holmes, and I get it. He Patrick is legit, but I think Rodgers is going to light the world on fire this year. And I had him just out. I had him as my number two prior because I really thought that Luck was going to really benefit from all the weapons that he had. But with Luck there, not there anymore, I'm going to give it to Rodgers. He's my number one heading into the season. Number two, my number two quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes, he is the reigning MVP. Uh, he had 5,000, over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns last year. I do think that he's in for a little bit of regression. It's kind of hard to do those kind of numbers back to back. If he somehow pulls it off, man, more power to him. Like he, it's just, he's just going to be ridiculous. He'll probably be the only QB to do that in history. And I'm just, you know, spitting off the top of my head, but he has Tyreek Hill back. Um, He managed to dodge suspension from the league. He still has Travis Kelsey. Um, Damian Williams looks like he's going to be the running back to own. Well, he was the running back to own, but until Shady got there. But but he's had, he has a lot of weapons. They drafted another speedy wide receiver in Miko Hartman. He has a lot of weapons and he has a lot of speedy toys out there. Maybe Sammy Watkins stays healthy so he can be fantasy relevant again. Patrick Mahomes is dangerous and he's fearless. He doesn't mind throwing a ball against tough defenses. He's going to put up points. He He's Patrick Mahomes, man. So that's why I have him in my number two. Moving on to number three, Deshaun Watson. Now, Watson finished the year uh, as the fourth overall QB in fantasy. Um, he's being drafted around the fifth round, in the middle of the fifth round. I think that's a pretty good spot to have Deshaun Watson if you can snag him. Uh, he gives you that dual threat that, you know, better than Cam Newton throwing throwing a ball. Uh, Deshaun Watson does everything that you want him to do for a fantasy quarterback. Uh, his big arm combined with the weapons that he has for the Houston Texans, as well as his ability to use his feet and score touchdowns, makes him highly sought after. Uh, if there's one thing I want from him is maybe he can throw a few more touchdowns. He had 31 last year, which isn't bad. Maybe he can get a little higher or uh, he had 31, excuse me. He had 31 total touchdowns. He has 26 passing, five rushing, which isn't bad. Uh, I'm not saying that that's bad. I just want him to, if he can get that touchdown total up, which probably means if his wide receivers can stay healthy so he has somebody to throw to, those numbers should go up. Um, the only there was the issue of the offensive line. The Houston Texans looked to they did fix that so far with um, grabbing Tunsil from Miami. It's just a matter of if his wide receivers can stay healthy and he can get the ball out and make quicker decisions, so he can avoid those sacks. But if you land Deshaun Watson on your team, you should not be upset by any measure. Coming in at number four. Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan threw the ball a ton last year. He had 608 attempts, which ranked third. That comes to about 38 passes a game. 
he had he's reunited with Dirk Cutter as his offensive coordinator. Um, Matt Ryan is just going to throw the ball a ton. He's done that for the last couple of years. He's had uh, over four thousand yards, for over four thousand passing yards the last few years. You know that he's going to throw the ball because he has one of the best wide receivers in the game and Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley looks to make even looks to be even more impressive this year than he was in his rookie year. Uh, after his 10 touchdown and I believe 800 yard performance. Now he's going with uh cutter back there again. I expect him to throw the ball a little bit more. And I think Calvin really will benefit from, seeing some more targets now that he's proven that he can be a reliable asset. And they have Devontae Freeman returning. So the offense as a whole should be even better. They lacked the run game last year. I think that kind of forced some more inefficient throws from Matt Ryan. But now that he has a consistent target in all three areas, uh, both at at both wide receiver spots and out of the backfield, Matt Ryan is going to have a good year too. And his schedule, uh, I believe his schedule puts him in a dome a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of times this season, and you know Matt Ryan thrives in playing in those environments. So if he's in a dome for more than half the year, he might be lights out. That might play into his advantage. I I I want to target Matt Ryan. He's being drafted around the seventh round. I because of my strategy to how I normally draft, I normally wait for quarterbacks. Only in a couple of leagues have I tried to uh, take a quarterback a little early. But Matt Ryan is one of the targets that I'm looking at this year. I I think I've been able to snag him in maybe two leagues. People just be taking uh, quarterbacks really early. But if you can get Matt Ryan, I don't think you should be upset about that either. He's going to throw a ton. He's got Julio Jones. What's there to be mad about? Coming in at number five is Baker Mayfield. Uh, the Cleveland Browns QB. I think Baker is in for an increase this year. He finished as a top 20 QB last season, uh, despite only playing 13, only starting 13 games. Um, you know, because Tyrod Taylor was ahead of him and Hugh Jackson thought that was a good idea. Right. But with Kitchens at the helm calling the shots now, Odell Beckham uh, being brought in, he still has Jarvis Landry. And Joku and Chubbs as his main weapons. When Callaway comes back from suspension, you'll have a bona fide deep threat. Rashad Higgins is there. He might benefit from some targets, but Baker Mayfield has a lot of weapons that he can go to. He just has to tighten up on the interceptions. But with the talent that he has and the weapons that he has, I can see him... I think he'll have a good year, too. He does have a bit of a tough schedule. Uh, Fantasy Pros ranks his schedule 30th, which is bad, out of 32 quarterbacks. So he could be in a rough spot. His division is kind of tough. He's got the Ravens. He's got, you know, the Steelers there and the <laughs> and the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. I feel bad for them. But, you know, even through the struggle, he still has enough weapons to make himself make himself fantasy relevant. I wouldn't be too concerned about his strength of schedule because they're going to be passing the ball um, a lot with the weapons that they have coming in at number six. I got Jared golf from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. 
Uh, Jared Goff is a steady guy. He finished seventh in fantasy last year among quarterbacks. Um, he's a guy that you can target later on in drafts. He's being drafted around the ninth round. He could slide depending on who's still available around that around that uh, area. Um, he, I've been able to grab him a couple times in drafts because people seem to forget about Jared Goff when you have guys like Drew Brees and Cam Newton around the same area. But I like Jared Goff. He's another guy who has a boatload of weapons at his disposal. You have Robert Woods. You have Brandon Cooks. You have Cooper Cup coming back from ACL injury. Uh, I like the young guy, Darrell Henderson. Um, he, I don't think that they've shown enough of him and what he can do as a runner, but he looks lightning fast. Well, maybe not lightning fast. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but he looks pretty quick. Um, he caught that he caught that uh, ball out of the flat against the Cowboys in a preseason game, and he completely smoked Jalen Smith. Now, Jalen Smith's not a speedster by any stretch of the imagination at linebacker, but he's not no slouch either. And for him to get dusted like that, that just shows you how much uh, juice Darrell Henderson has. Uh, they also have Todd Gurley. You can't forget about him. I think that they're going to be using Todd enough to make sure that he's still an asset, which means that Jared Goff is going to be, uh, he should be pretty fine this year. If you're going to wait for quarterbacks, don't wait too long. But if you're going to wait, if that's your strategy that you like to use, uh, during fantasy football drafts, Jared Goff should be one of the guys you can get around the ninth and 10th round. Don't wait any further than that because if you have savvy guys, they're going to scoop them before you get a chance to get them. Next up, number seven, Drew Brees. Now, people, I kind of understand why, like I haven't ranked, uh, I haven't ranked a little lower on the lower end because of, you know, he kind of, petered out last season towards the end of the season. I think that had more to do what wasn't around him than what was. Yeah, he still had Alvin Kamara last year. He had uh, Mike Thomas, but he missed the deep threat that Ted Ginn Jr. provides, and he they still didn't have a tight end that they could use t- so that you know Drew Reese can dump the ball off when there's nothing downfield that he can throw to. Now that they've added uh, Jared Cook to the mix, Ted Ginn's returning from injury. I think that he'll be a little bit better this year. He just finished just below 4,000 yards, I think, for the first time in the last three years, guessing, because I I didn't put his numbers up. But he finished with 3,992 yards last season, which was ranked 13th among quarterbacks. He still had 32 touchdowns, which is tied for six, I believe. And he finished eighth in fantasy last year. So Drew Brees is not, I don't think Drew Brees is falling off a cliff. It's just that when you only, when you limit the amount of weapons that he can throw to, yeah, his numbers will take a hit. You know, Ted Ginn took the top off of defenses because of his speed and that allowed other people to thrive like Mike Thomas and Alvin Kamara under the middle. But now he has a legit tight end who's been uh, showing off a little bit in camp. I think that'll help Drew Brees come back to his dominant self. Maybe he cracks the top five. There's a lot of uh, candidates there that could, you know, get in his way, so to speak. You know, a young guy, Baker Mayfield, could do it. Um, 
Carson Wentz has the potential to do it. You know, there's, you know, the the top 10 is no, there. these aren't slouch guys. So Drew Brees may have some work, his work cut off for him as far as finishing among the top, but I think he'll still be able to put up numbers, especially with the ads that they've given him um, in the Saints offense. Coming in at number eight. Now, I know I'm going to get some flack for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dak Prescott, number eight QB in fantasy heading into the 2019 season. Now, before I get ripped for this, let me explain. Dak Prescott has not finished below 10th since coming into the league. Yes, he's been spotty. We all remember 2017 towards the end of the season. We all remember the beginning of 2018 before Amari Cooper got there. Yes, those were bad times. You do not have to remind me. I know. I watched it. (laughs) But you have to give the man credit on how he finished 2018. Now he has a whole offseason to work with Amari Cooper and get his timing down. He had a rookie in Michael Gallup who he's been working with in this offseason. And Michael Gallup has looked like a beast in camp. You have Kellen Moore who's in, who's putting in a new offense. They're being more aggressive. They want to pass the ball downfield, which is what everyone in Cowboys Nation has been clamoring for since, what, 2017, maybe, after the rookie year? They want him to throw the ball downfield. So you get a coach, or you get an offensive coordinator, rather, who wants to do those things. Dak Prescott finished 10th last season. He's pretty good. He, he just he just needs to do more. He needs to be more consistent. And I think this year he's going to be able to do that. Now, granted, Ezekiel Elliott is not in camp yet. Um, the latest reports on him are all over the place. So I don't know. I can't really comment on anything that Ezekiel Elliott related. All I can do is hope that he gets into camp before uh, week one really kicks off and they can have him for the Giants game. But back to Dak Prescott, he had 3,885 yards last season, 22 touchdowns, six rushing. He can move and he can use his legs. We all want to see him be a better passer. And I think with John Kitna working with him this offseason, I think he'll be able to do that. He gives you that dual threat vibe like uh, Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton. He can score with his arm and his feet. He's clutch. He's got new weapons too, along with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. He's got Tavon Austin coming back for another year. They signed uh, Randall Cobb in the offseason. They've really been talking about Tony Pollard and how they want to use him in the offense. They even want to. There's even been rumors that they've been running two back sets. Uh, so could you imagine the skills that Tony Pollard brings to the table as far as his versatility and catching the ball out of the backfield and then running through the tackles? You've seen some of that during the preseason uh, this year. So if you combine that with the threat that Elliott brings and defenses always try and key on him to stop him. But now you have weapons on the outside. You have Jason Witten returning. Yes, I know Jason Witten is not the guy to be like, Oh, wow, you know, he's back. But reports out of camp saying he's got fresh legs. If that's enough, maybe the offense changing under a new offensive coordinator is what the Cowboys need to be fresh and be 
you know, higher caliber offense in the 21st century because everything was kind of dated and predictable with under Scott Linehan. And yes, I know it sounds like I'm blaming Scott Linehan for everything, but if you've been paying attention, you would understand. <laughs> but Dak Prescott is a guy who's not being drafted like he's a top 10 QB. He should be he should be drafted higher, but he's not going to be. He's being drafted around the 10th, uh, 12th round, excuse me, in fantasy drafts. He could be that guy that you wait on according to whatever strategy you, you employ. He could be that guy that you scoop up and be like, you know what? I could take him. Or you grab uh, your starter QB and get him as a QB too and play the matchups. However you want to slide it, I think Dak Prescott is in for a good year this year. And I, I what's funny is everybody that all my friends used to say, or they do say, you know, Dak Prescott sucks. He sucks. He sucks. But in fantasy, I can't get him. Like, he doesn't slide to me. I've, I've picked all over the draft board, and I can't get him. He's always scooped up before I get to get the draft. So if he sucks, why is everybody picking him before me? <laughs> it just seems, That's how it just seems to work out. I don't, don't sleep on Dak Prescott. And if Zeke comes back, I think the offense will be even more dangerous. Coming in at number nine, Carson Wentz. <gasps> oh, my God. Will has Carson Wentz in his top ten? Yes. Because you cannot be biased in fantasy football. So get the, get over the shock. But Carson Wentz is a guy who boasts a lot of potential. We all know what he did in 2017. He almost claimed the MVP uh, during that season before he was knocked out of the Rams game and tore his ACL. Uh, injuries, is, injuries are the big knock against Carson Wentz. No one... You know, speaking unbiased for a second, Carson Wentz shows you that he can be a great passer. The problem is he's got to stay on the field in order to prove it. Now, the Eagles have added a few more weapons for him this offseason. They drafted a young wide receiver, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I think that he should start uh, over Nelson Aguilar as a third, or maybe he comes in when Deshaun Jackson is not on the field, who they signed in this offseason. They have Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. They're looking to use Dallas Goddard more this season. He They drafted a running back, Miles Sanders. They they signed, uh, or they traded for Jordan Howard. They have a lot of weapons, a lot of weapons. The offensive line is still good, despite Jason Peters being a turnstile in terms of injuries. But the, the Eagles offense is one of the best offenses in the division. Basically, it'll come down to the Cowboys and the Eagles for the division anyway. But you can't sleep on Carson Wentz. Do yes, he is he has the injury bug or the injury prone label floating over him, but if you're gutsy and you're a gambler, not a gambler, but if you're willing to gamble uh on the fantasy season and grab Carson Wentz, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, he's being drafted around the. He's being drafted around the seventh round, but if you can, I think that if you, depending on your league, he may slide a bit because everyone is concerned about the injuries. Unless you have a boatload of Eagles fans in your draft, which means he could probably go in the fourth round because 
I've actually seen that. I've been in a draft where Carson Wentz went in about the, I think the fourth or fifth round. And I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Carson Wentz that early. Come on. That, that makes no sense. But people, the Eagles fans like Carson Wentz, they'll draft with their heart. I can't really blame them. If I could actually grab Dak Prescott in drafts, I would, but I haven't been able to. So, you know, I'm a little sore about that, but don't sleep on Carson Wentz either. Um, I actually got him in one of my Instagram fantasy drafts with other fantasy football writers and enthusiasts. So, um, I'm banking on Carson Wentz to have a good year. He doesn't necessarily have to win a a bunch of games, but if he can put up numbers in fantasy, that's fine with me. Now, coming in at number 10 and wrapping up my list, I have Cam Newton. Now, I like Cam Newton this year. I like what they've done around him. Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson is back. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, the, the... the weapons that he has around him are good enough for Cam, for Cam Newton to have a good season this year. The The one concern that has been around him is his shoulder. But um, some of the reports and things that I've seen out of training camp so far have shown that he's it looks like he's over his shoulder injury, which which is pretty good, uh, in my opinion. Cam Newton was actually having a good season last year before the injury kicked in and knocked him out of the rest of the season. He was a top-rated QB uh, heading into week 10. From weeks 1 through 10, he was the QB4. And then he dropped from the QB4 to the QB12, and that's where he finished uh, the rest of the season between weeks 10 and 15. So Cam was having a good year last year. He was scoring, I think, about two touchdowns a game to one interception maybe, if that. But he was putting up numbers last year. But he just couldn't keep it together. His shoulder went out on him, and then he took that shot, I think, in the the Steelers game that really messed him up. But he's healthy now. He's got all his weapons back. They're healthy. DJ Moore is coming into another year. Curtis Samuels has been getting a lot of buzz this offseason. Greg Olson is finally healthy after having off-season surgery on his foot that for some reason he decided that he wanted to try and play through. Somebody should have talked him out of that one. But Greg Olson is back, which provides Cam with a dump-off option or a quick quick throw option on short, down, short downs. And he's still dangerous as a runner. He Hopefully he starts to slide a little bit more, you know, give himself up so that way he can avoid the punishment. But Cam is a, Cam is a monster. And hopefully they'll use him more around the goal line with his feet since they want to take, you know, goal line work away from Christian McCaffrey. Ron Rivera doesn't, he doesn't realize he has a nice thing until he screws it all up. But that's Ron Rivera. But that'll wrap up this episode. I am done with my rankings. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be able to do another episode soon. So make sure you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a, leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. Show us some love and give us some of them stars. And we will check you guys in our next episode. You guys take it easy. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the Fantasy's Finest community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy's Finest. Please don't turn me off.